Hello there, folks. This is Peter Broderick. Thank you for tuning in to this conversation with David Allred. If you've ever had someone in your life go missing, or even if you were really close to someone and all of a sudden one day they stopped being a part of your life, I think this conversation might resonate with you. So thanks for, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. What is a song? Where do songs come from? What is the life of a song? How much can a song morph and change before it becomes something else entirely? David Allred. Hey. All right. Hey. <laughs> How many years have you been on this earth? Where in the world are you now? And can you please tell me about the last meal that you ate? I have been on this planet earth for 29 years. And I, what did I eat? So it's 11 a.m. here on Saturday. And how about, here's the thing, you take a wild guess at what I ate for breakfast today. What? You I think you might, you, might, you might be able to get it right. You had an egg on toast. Nope. Oh, I thought you would get it. You know, you, you know, cereal? There's, there's, a, there's a specific food that I, uh, and typically... Watermelon. Yeah, 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 ah. you got it. <laughs> David yeah, Allred loves watermelon, everybody. I, I, I love watermelon. For people who know me personally, it's it's one of those foods that I, uh, I, I, I tend to get overly obsessed with. I think it might be, even be a problem, but I love watermelon. It, it's not quite in season, uh, but they're starting to show up in stores. So I'm, I'm like excited to be eating watermelon again, even though it's like almost spring. One of these days, you've got to have your own watermelon garden, David. I feel like that would really fulfill you. We actually did start one last year, and it was working out really well. There was a couple of them uh, actually becoming like watermelons, and they looked like they were getting really healthy and growing well. But uh, we ended up going on a trip for two weeks, like a camping trip, and we couldn't. We we set up a water system that failed, and they just died in the summer. So. That's next time. Sad. That is it's sad. sad yeah. But there was one that was like it was like the size of a tennis ball. It was like the cutest little thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but okay. yeah, I'm gonna try again someday. It's hard to it's a challenging thing to do. Um so I want to talk to you today about your song Hey Stranger. Yes. And um 
And yeah, we can go anywhere with this conversation, but let's use the song Hey Stranger as a as a sort of focal point that to return to. Um, so yeah, I thought maybe before we dive into the song, we should uh, give people a little backstory because obviously it's apparent already that you and I know each other for people who don't know already. But um, I was thinking maybe I could tell the story of how we met from my perspective, and then you can you can add to it if you want. Does that sound all right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I remember uh, this was around 2012. Uh, I was living in Berlin, and I remember getting an email from a guy named David Allred, and opening that email, and uh, the gist of the email was um, David Allred was telling me that he had transcribed uh, a, a, a song I wrote on the piano. He had written it out in musical notation and right. he was sending me the notation asking me to, to, ch to check it and see if it was correct. So I just immediately thought, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> and I looked at the transcription and it was very, very uh, uh, close. I mean, that's not the point anyway, but... Um, yeah, I was amazed that someone would take the time to do that. And so we started a bit of a correspondence. I think, David, you've told me that you we actually had a brief correspondence before that at some stage or that you reached out to me before that. Yeah, I, I, the first time, I don't really remember exactly, but I might have sent you a song or something, and I don't really remember yeah. too many yeah. details. But the, the <clears throat> sheet music thing was when I... I didn't know if you would ever respond. I right. just thought, hey, like I was my friend uh, at the time, Austin was asking me to write out the sheet music to Pulling the Rain, your piano piece. Right. Uh, and I did for him and I was like, maybe I should ask you if, it, if it's accurate because I want to I want to make sure it's right. And, you know, so, yeah, I don't do anything crazy. Well, at any rate, you got my attention. And then, you know, you and I started to start corresponding back and forth a, a little bit here and there. And then uh, at that time, David lived in um, California near Sacramento, where he grew up. And um, I was living in Berlin, like I said. And the year later in 2013, I moved back to Oregon to sort of be closer to my family again, where I came from and all that. And um, David and I were still kind of loosely keeping in touch. And it just so happened that David was also moving to Oregon at that time. And uh, when I found that out, I said, hey, we should meet up. And and I remember the first night we met, actually, it was at the White Eagle. Yes. Um, my friend Nate was playing a gig. Was it Nate's gig? Or anyway, it was we, met Nate. At, we met at a gig and then we started playing some music together. And um, the rest is kind of history. Eventually, that led to, in 2016, you and I um, sort of, Saw, uh, started out to try and create our first collaborative album, you know, yes. where it was a 50-50 kind of project. And that project uh, is, is, is the, where Hey Stranger, the song first got used. So um, yeah, with that said, I wonder if you might want to, if you want to add anything to that story. And then if you, you know, if you could just, just, just cause I, what I want to get into with all this, focusing on one song is what is your can you remember the first inkling of that song uh, uh, of when it when it when you had the idea to 
make it into a song, to take some some kind of instrument uh, inspiration and form it into a song. Um, what the genesis of the song, where, where where it comes from, and how you remember that, and uh, yeah, you take it away. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, since you bring up the White Eagle, the place where we first met, and that concert, I had this idea specifically at the time with you in mind and actually before we met i had this idea in mind because you play violin um and i play upright bass the idea not specific to hey stranger yet but the idea was that i would make a song or various songs where you're playing two notes at the same time on violin and then i'm playing two notes at the same time on the bass so then we're creating like a string quartet basically between the two of us so that i thought was an idea that was really exciting to me. I thought that was really cool. So uh, when I first met you, I uh, I had written this idea. It, it's a song. I don't even think I ever did anything with it, but I wrote. Is it out, not? Is it not the uh, the four Aspens piece? It's actually something like it. It's very okay. Similar. Okay. It's it's totally along those lines, and I forgot what it's called or what it is, and it might be gone forever at this point. But yeah, four Aspens does that too. It's the concept where. Maybe there's sometimes where we're doing one note at a time or two notes, and then we, through our harmonies, were able to create a, a rich kind of sound. And it was cool because um, with Hey Stranger, I thought of doing the same thing where we're going to make a string quartet between the two of us. Maybe we can play it live that way and we can use our voices too. So that's kind of as much sound between the two of us and right. this instrumentation that we can make. And with that in mind, I thought that was really an exciting idea. So the, when it comes to the subject matter of the song, um, this was in 2016 when I wrote the song and I was 24 years old. And at the time, that was when I, that was a year where a lot of interesting changes were happening in my life. And I was learning more about just I think myself and my relationship with some past friends and this specific individual I will refer to as Jay because in our initial like press release for this song, I decided to keep his name anonymous just in case he really is out there and I don't know if he is or if he would ever hear this. There's no way for me to know right now. But in in the instance where he might hear this and I I don't know, I I might feel like I'm compromising his privacy or anything that's too personal. I'm going to keep it anonymous, more or less. Maybe there's a few people that know me who knew him as well that would just, they would know. Maybe they already know some of these details, but basically... I'll just butt in there for a quick second and say, the reason why I chose this song, why I asked you if we could could focus on this song is... You know, so David and I, for those who don't know, made, made this album together. I, I, I'll hold it up for anyone who's watching the video version of this. Um, came out in 2017. Um, but there's there's one song on here, Hey Stranger, that when we were working on it and when we were recording it, it just would give me the goosebumps. And I would kind of, I would be listening to the words and sort of asking David a few song, a uh, few uh questions about where what it was about and all that and anytime david would speak about it i would feel this like i feel it now it's like a very mysterious slightly creepy super intriguing kind of 
energy that that just um, yeah, there, there's there's so much to it, and and it was very tangible when working on the music. And anytime I've heard you speak about the song, so I I thought it'd be great to dive into that story a little bit more. So so yeah, you, it's, uh, there's this character who you're you're going to refer to as Jay. What's the story with Jay? Yeah, there's so much to the story with Jay. And I, yeah, I honestly, I'm feeling that feeling too, thinking about it, because <laughs> it really is, it's interesting. I, on a really brief side note, something you said just brought back a memory I hadn't thought of in actually a few years. Um, one of my, one of my good friends who knew him at the time um, was someone that I visited in 2016, shortly after we recorded the album. And uh, um, it's actually my, you know, Greg Eldridge is it's his yeah. mom, Jill. You've met her as well. Oh, yeah. I was showing his parents the album. And while it was just kind of playing, she knew that one of the songs I wrote was about Jay. Um, and when the first chord played, she just heard the first chord. She asked me, is this song about Jay? Like it said his Ooh. name. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like she just knew. She heard the first chord. Well, that's the thing is the song, yeah. as, as people are going to find out as you tell this, this, this story has a very mysterious air to it. And the song, the, the, the chordal feeling of the song encapsulates that feeling. Like, so it doesn't surprise me that she said that. And I'm interested in <laughs> the fact that that, that that subject matter came together with <laughs> these notes to form this song like how do those find each other and is that a grand coincidence or you know <laughs> it, it, you know isn't that interesting to to think that those just happen to be the notes you thought of to accompany yeah. that song and yet I know. that would convey to her the feeling you know so Honestly. anyway um go on yeah yeah no i mean totally it's not i didn't expect that to be as maybe you maybe as universal of a of a texture or a or like a yeah a harmony specifically but basically yeah i i was sitting with this story with this mood and feeling around the whole thing for quite some time and what's interesting is yeah this is a character who i've known since i was maybe 3 or 4 years old we were little, wow. little kids when we first met and we knew each other until we were, I want to say 19 years old in the year 2011, maybe the end of 2011, the beginning of 2012 was when this friend of mine, who was one of my best friends, most dearest friends for a long time, just disappeared and actively cut off all communication from family, all friends, and is nowhere to be seen. There's no internet footprint that is really traceable. There might be a couple things about something that from a long time ago could come up, but there's no nothing to find. And uh, I found at first when he when he did that when he left, I didn't know it was like for good. It took me a while to realize maybe that's it. Like it didn't hit me right, right. away. It was one of right. those things that over time developed into a feeling of maybe maybe that's it and my i was starting to think again i was reflecting on the last times i interacted with him and it wasn't very good it actually we had a bit of a falling out in a way that revolved around um some specific 
issues around employment. Like he he was self-employed through the internet, finding interesting um, things to uh, purchase that um, he would buy from websites like eBay, places where right. people sell things independently and then he can buy it. Wait, 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 wait. Was this guy on the dark web? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's, I mean, they probably, he probably still is. Yeah. Um, and the, that's the thing. So I, I, I feel like, um, the, so there are so many details and I'm going to tell them out of order. I don't think there's a way okay. I can go in yeah. chronological order with all this. But if I give you, if I give little details here and there, I think that might justify or explain a bit why it would help people understand why he left and what really may have led to this and why things went the way they did because it's a very convoluted story and basically my last interaction with him is one that i think about sometimes it kind of still sits in my subconscious um at when i least expect it and basically we he was asking me and this is all just me trying to recollect my memories of the time there might be details i'm missing he's not here to defend himself but basically he was asking me to work with him buying things online more specifically kind of like shoes and bikes he would buy them and then they'd show up and he would sell them on a different source for more money and he was doing pretty wow. well with it okay. and at the time i was looking for a job like i actually needed to find work yeah. and i had a limited job experience i was 19 i didn't know what i wanted to do exactly but he was telling me like pretty adamantly like, hey, David, if you work with me on this, um, we could, you know, we could make even more money than you would finding a, like a job that you'd most that you're kind of looking for that you most likely get. And it was it felt a little bit it really challenging. It really challenged me because he was like making me feel kind of like an idiot looking for a job. He's like, yeah, you even said things like you're right. wasting your time looking for a job. You're, was he like, pressurizing you a little bit? Like, yeah, yeah. And I don't think this is the do all be all moment for him like to like really leave, but it it kind of built into this rough communication where we were not on the same page. He was trying to persuade me to do this thing that he really, for some reason, desperately needed help. And he trusted me to help him with it. But I wasn't willing to because I thought I needed to find a job I can put on my resume. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little too sketchy to you. Yeah, um, it wasn't something I was comfortable with at the time. So I had to decline and, and it's hard to understand how that could cause such a rift, but you know, yeah. I, I believe you when you say it. And there's more layers to it too, like in his life, like there's, that's one factor plus a lot of other things that was going on for him that just multiplied into just this overwhelming, I guess, need for him to leave. So uh, for some reason, at the time he was telling me, you know, Hey, if I, I I'm, I'm laying this out to you, this is a good idea. You should do this. And if you don't do it, if you don't do this with me, I'm going, I'm not going to talk to you ever again kind of thing. Wow. And it came to, it came down to that after everything. And I was like, I didn't know if that, you know, sometimes maybe he would say things like that and I didn't know how legit it was or if he would come back or what it was, but that was the last I ever heard from him. There was a moment where it, it was just like, I'm not doing it. And he said, okay. And he left. And um, maybe shortly after that, one of my other friends had an interaction with him briefly before totally no one I know ever, ever saw him again, ever heard from him again. 
And yeah, so what led into that was a lot of just challenging family background issues. He, he, his parents are divorced. And when he was a young kid, like he was back and forth between families and his, and this is something that's hard to talk about a little bit, but allegedly there has been some form of physical and emotional abuse that he had encountered as a young kid and as a young adult um, that is very challenging and, and different instances where he was with his dad in particular led to some bad um, arguments and fights. And um, he told me different stories about what led to him running away to live with friends. He lived with different friends while we were in high school. Oh, right. Um, he lived with the Eldridges, who I mentioned earlier, for a time. Um, they're like a second family to me as well. And he lived with, yeah, he, he lived with a girlfriend he had for a bit, um, who's a mutual friend of, of mine as well. And he just kept like getting jobs. I think he dropped out of high school. He was working random jobs full time, living with friends. And he just felt like he didn't fit in. He, it just seemed like he didn't have anywhere to be. Um, his family life was very challenging. And another thing about him is he was always... Uh, from what I remember, extremely exceptionally intelligent. He was very smart. Right, right. Yes. I wanted to, I wanted to yeah. try and make sure you got that in there because that's what I remember yeah. you tell me, and that's that's that ties into the song, you know. So, uh, um, well, first of all, you, you say, "Hey, stranger, where have you been?" First line of the song, and and I'm mm-hmm. struck. I when I was when I was thinking about this, talking about this song, I, I thought. It's so interesting, like, okay, yes. The, the, to me, the word stranger there, it, it's a stranger because this person has disappeared. They're a stranger now. But it's also, the, you kind of get the sense that even though you were so close to this guy, he was even a stranger then, yeah. in a sense. You know, like, like you totally. never really knew where he was at. And So uh, true. And so, anyway, but um, you say, like... Um, uh, the thought of running you, running into you, is a reoccurring fear, and somehow I feel that the time may be near. So, I've heard you say things about like, well, yes, he's gone, but like, uh, perhaps like you wouldn't put it past him to devise. Um, it, it, maybe he's masterminding the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what do you, what, what do you, what do you say? Totally. That feeling actually, weirdly enough, that's it. So that's a, that's a big part of this whole thing. So my feeling about the whole thing was for some reason I, in 2016 in particular, I don't know why I started to develop this feeling like he's just going to show up like in public or something. Ooh. He's just, there he is. Like when I least expect it, he just is right there. And whenever there were um, crowds of people that were kind of big enough to where he could have been hiding in it. Sometimes I get the thought, maybe, maybe he's here, maybe he's somewhere nearby. So I'd, I'd kind of scan. I, I, it was a subconscious thing at first, but it started to grow on me for some reason. And mm. I just started looking through crowds of people to make sure he's not there, but so that I feel okay. Right. And I don't know if I was afraid of him or if just the thought of him coming up was something I needed to be prepared for. I don't know what I would say or do. I don't know what I would feel, but I still don't know what I would feel, 
And yeah, in 2016, the feeling just kept growing. And I actually, on a slightly different note, I had a car accident that same year in January that was pretty traumatic and made my life get flipped upside down and changed into a lot of different things that put me more on edge. So sometimes I felt like a little bit, I've developed a little bit of like a PTSD where I feel like something really extreme can happen when I least mm-hmm. expect it. And something really like maybe a car will just get off the lane and start coming at me or something. I think of things like that sometimes. And maybe somehow he crept into that like place in my mind where yeah. something's going to happen and he's a part of it. Like, um, so basically he, I can't get him out of my head. He just keeps coming back. He's, he appears in my dreams. Sometimes it's really vivid. Mm. And um, it's, well, it's troubling. I can't, I can only imagine if you're super close to someone, your whole childhood, and then one day they up and disappear with no closure whatsoever. And, and, and on top of that, you were kind of slightly getting into some, you know, uh, slight drama just before then thing. Some tension was escalating between you. Like, yeah. What a weird feeling to live with. Like what a, what a very strange feeling to live with. Um, so yeah. So that found its way to a song that you wrote that we recorded together for this album. Yeah, it's a very um, weird it's a it's a weird feeling and and it it's for some reason um one of those things that I I never got answers or any explanation. It feels like something that I'd want an answers for for some reason even though I may never get it. Yeah. And that's just a part of it. I I always thought like maybe he'd come back and like say something at least to me because I was yeah. one of the very few people he got very close enough with to like maybe he would say something or maybe he would send me an email um but no just not at all nothing um and i know that like there's been unresolved conflicts especially in his family and i felt from what he told me about his family very hesitant to ever ask them right anything and see if see if they know anything and um I did eventually like reach out to his mom and and I think this might have been 2018 or 2019 it's actually 2019 and this that's 2 years after our album came out with right right so even after even 2 years after it took me that long to feel comfortable enough to like ask her like hey you know I think about Jay um sometimes and I'm just wondering, you know, I know there there was a lot of trouble and things going on that were hard within the family, but I want to know if you've heard anything from him. Have you heard? Do you know anything? And um, she ended up telling me that she hired a private investigator to try and find some information. And right. He did find some little pieces, actually. And wow, they found they found like edit like a profile like a like a, like one kind of profile on a website somewhere and it, the, they found the name that he used that's different and there was like one use of his social security number for a job in the past that yes yeah, so it, it just showed there was a location there was a Whoa. website there was like a couple little things that just came up and she sent them to me and she wrote me paragraphs some palm paragraphs of 
just like appreciation and like wanting to let it out because she didn't really know who to talk yeah. about it in a way because no one really understood and like the way I do. And I also sent her the song in the message. I said, hey, okay. by the way, this is something I made and it's about your son. Wow. And uh, she just, she said like this, yeah, she told me like this was the first time in my life about this whole scenario that I felt okay about no it at all. way yeah and she's she said like hearing this helped me so much and she says you have no idea like this is exactly the story this is it like you you tell told it like it is and left it there kind of like open-ended and universal enough to not be overly personal and specific to him but yeah. something that once you do know him and you know a little bit about him that it just makes you feel for him and that's above all i think the point and Mm. the message i want to communicate not only that this is a song about my friend and that you don't need to know him or you don't need to know too much but like it's something that i've always wanted to to say especially like in shows when i was like touring i would play the song with piano and voice and i would tell people that this is a song that i want to be for people who anyone for anyone who's had someone in their life that's just no longer in their life anymore maybe they uh lost communication or maybe they just there's something more extreme like this there's different degrees of this we all have a j in our life and on some level you know to some extent sure sure more extreme than others yeah and i've had people after shows like talk to me and tell me like yeah that i i've this reminds me of this friend and they they would tell me their little anecdotes and um one really interesting thing i wanted to to share too is in glasgow in 2019 i played a show and i told the story and i played the song i usually would play it at the end i liked playing it at the end and um this guy came up to me i can tell he was waiting to talk to me Mm. um there were other people just kind of there hanging out and he was kind of waiting till people leave, I think. And he, he just, I, I noticed him. He didn't seem like he was, I don't know, up to anything really just he, I could tell he wanted to talk to me. And then he eventually came up and he said, Hey, by the way, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, maybe, you know, people who have had that similar r- relatable experience that you had with your losing your friend. And he said, I just want to tell you that, I was once the stranger. I disappeared for 10 years. Wow. And, and I, I, he said, I left one day. I packed a car and left and I lost all touch with family and every, all my friends. And he said, he was like, hearing your song tonight made me really want to reach out. I'm going to call some of my friends tonight. No like, way. Yeah. This guy is random. I don't, I don't, I didn't get his name. I don't know who he Whoa. is. But yeah. He, it was the first time I like ever played it or told the story. And someone told me that was me. I did that. That is unbelievable. The opposite end of the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so, wow. So, yeah, the, the, the fact that his mom hired a private investigator and there are some traces out there, <clears throat> you know, yeah, at least yeah. for some time, he was out doing stuff somewhere. He may very well still be out there. Like, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel inclined at all to like um, give him a personal message in case he's finds this, or 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 huh. does that feel too weird? That's something I was thinking about. I keep thinking. Well, at first it was like, what if he hears the song? What is he gonna think? Yeah, yeah. And now there's this. So yeah, he 
he may very well hear this. He may have never even heard the song yet. I don't, right. I have no idea. Yeah. It's interesting, but I want to keep that in mind because in case he does hear this, this yeah. is one of those instances where I want to make it clear that like above all, like I just want him to know that he has a friend whenever he needs one. And I don't want mm. to, I'm nervous and hesitant a bit about the way it all went, but I'm, so understanding i think it makes yeah. sense like i don't have any harsh feelings har any hard feelings right. about him or why he did that and you know maybe at first i felt a little bit kind of like angry but that sure. has transformed so profoundly over the years it's it's completely yeah. flipped after all any and all hardships i've experienced with my encounters with him and anything that was challenging at the time because he really had pretty big mental health issues. A lot of what he needed to do at the time when we were kids, before we really knew therapy or other outlets or options to really get help, was that um, he would talk. He would just call me and talk for a long time or he would meet up with me and we would talk for hours. And he was very deep about when he would talk with friends. And like when we were really young, I remember this is one of the things that really stood out to me because when we were little kids, like lots of people would talk about maybe Pokemon or like some show or like scootering. I don't know, like things that kids talk about. I don't know what kids talk about, but he just would in a group of people, he would just ask people like, so do you guys like, what do you guys think? Like, do you think there's a God? Or something? Like, <laughs> right. Okay. Would just like ask questions where we're yeah. like, what? And they like get a whole room of people to talk really like about like the whole purpose, like what, it, what's happening here? Like, yeah, is this, is this okay. real? Like, are we yeah. in a simulation? And he provoked very intense, deep conversations. Yeah. And there was almost a magnetic quality to that. People would mm. find it really fascinating. Like this guy, people would be like, I, I heard about this guy or I want to talk to him or he would come up and, and he, he was very introverted and quiet. So that's part of it. Like people would kind of there was something really magnetic and interesting. Like I thought he was so interesting. Um, he played a very big role of influencing my thoughts, my ability to like, I think, cr think critically in different ways at a younger age than a lot of other friends encouraged in me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, but another side of that was it was hard because he wouldn't know. Sometimes he just wouldn't know when to stop, I think. And that's sure. challenging because, um, I would need to, I, I had different points where I, I probably just hung up the phone while he's talking because I said, I need to go. I said that four times and he's like, wait, 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 oh. I, need to, I need to keep talking kind of thing. And it was really, but like at the time I felt frustrated and like, I don't know how to handle this. I'm not like- Yeah, you were young too. Yeah, I was, we were so young and, but he was so cool too. Like it was someone like, I wanted to keep him in my life. I made sure yeah. to make it clear that I want to keep him in my life, but I maybe wasn't always like, I used to feel bad or maybe feel guilty because the way things ended felt a little bit like I'm probably partially in some small way responsible. I, I, and I know that's not true. Like, I, I mean, maybe in sm a small way, but like I felt guilty or almost like it's my fault that he left or something. Cause I could have probably done something to keep him here, but I didn't. And so living with that at first was yeah. really hard. But yeah, I would imagine that's something that that people feel that's very common for people to feel if they're close to someone who disappears. Yeah, you know that 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 what 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 could I have done to to not to make him not go? Mm -hmm. um, I know, and I and the fact that that kind of line of thinking is 
there's no end to it. There's no, I can't really rationalize, like, you know, I can't control the past. I can't mm. change what happened, but yeah, I sometimes look back and wonder um, for myself, why, why did this happen? What does this mean for me? What am I supposed to do living with this? Like I'm yeah. living with this feeling that still persists. Like it's not something yeah. that really goes away. Maybe in phases it, it, I get, I have other things going on. I don't think about it too much, but pretty much every day there's a thought or something that makes me re remember him. And uh, yeah, yeah it's it, very interesting because yeah. um, you'd think after all these years, like I'd kind of just, yeah, like, you know, it is what it is and hmm. it trails off, mm -hmm. but it, no, it, it, it's still. <laughs> do you think that, do you think the song, um, it, it, because, you know, yeah, it's like, it's like you're still processing all of what all of this situation because of course there's no closure to it you know it's yeah. still a mystery so th it did did the song sort of did the song sort of assist like the mother said it it sort of helped her it it gave her some sense of wholeness for a moment around this very yeah. broken scenario did the song um help you in some way or 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 is it just sort of another piece of the whole mystery i think it helped me so much because i had thoughts for years about writing either writing about it or like writing a song about it just doing something mm. to manifest like like a a way to like process it and i thought that writing the song would be like a challenge because when i normally sit down and write lyrics just in practice it normally takes me a long time sometimes i sit and write down um ideas like one at a time i'll write a few lines and i'll go back and edit it a bunch of times and i'll change things and then i'll yeah i i put a lot of thought and effort into it but for some reason this song and this has only happened a few times but but at the time it only ever happened with this song and one other song which coincidentally was also on our same album uh on find the ways which was the ways so the ways and hey right. stranger okay were two songs where i the lyrics came in a complete stream of consciousness yeah and like once i just there are pretty, pretty much no edits no changes i just it all just flowed like so naturally it was awesome it was kind of eerie awesome. just like yeah it just like <clears throat> i didn't even need to go back and change anything um i had the thought too i was like maybe i can get more specific and more intense but i was like no I think I'll keep it as universal as it kind of came out more yeah. universal than I expected. Um, yeah. But that's the thing. I decided um, I'm going to write about it one day. I was thinking about it a lot. The thoughts of him popping up in public were getting bigger. So mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I'll, maybe if I write something to express how I feel, at least to myself, I don't know if it'll be a song I'd ever want to release or not, but I thought I should just try. Yeah. And then when I did, I felt... I felt honestly more at peace too with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love, I, I think I, I can relate to that feeling of like, you know, some songs are a struggle. Maybe a lot of them are a struggle, but every once in a while you get like one that's just like, it feels like you just like pressed a download. You had a good connection. It's like, <laughs> you yeah, know, know. <laughs> comes fully formed and you're like, yes yeah, so i know um, congratulations yes. on that thank you I, um, yeah i really appreciate that so okay that that's 
that's the, the background of the song and what it's about. And that's, that's, that is the essence of the song really. But it, as musicians, there's, mm -hmm. there's more to a song than just the story of where it came from and how it was formed. Once the song is formed, then you, okay, then you come to me and you say, hey, Peter, I've got this song. Do you want to try and play this part? And we work out maybe an arrangement together. And then it's time to try and record the song. And after you record the song, you might go yeah. and play it on the road for a while. So these are all parts of the song that I want to get into as well. So maybe yeah. now we could, um, we could, we could start to, to shift away from what the song's about and, and just about how the, the musicality of it and like, and the, the life of it then. Um, so when I, when I first asked you if you would do this, um, I asked you if you had any um, fragments or, or pieces uh, related to this song, maybe the original lyrics written down or any scraps. And you sent yeah. me, you, you found, you did a little digging and you found this, um, your original little notes. And so I want to pull this up now, if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah, please uh, one do. One second here. Do, 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 share. Okay. Um, so here it is. There it is. That's the original sheet. You, that's. This is the original sheet. I'm sorry for people who might just be just listening. We won't dwell on this too long, but we're just going to have a quick look. Um, but yeah, so it's got the title up at the top, the date, which is, I, I love that you put the date on. It's uh, June oh 26, 2016. That's when I you do, first. Yeah. That's when you first wrote this down. So you, I can see you were, you already had in mind, um, to make this a song for you and I to play it together with the bass and the violin. Like you said, two, both of us playing two notes at once. Mm -hmm. um, um, so as to make like a string quartet with two string instruments. Yes. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the original, the original sheet. It's, it's, just, it's just cool that you've got that. Um, I, yeah. And so, I, I can't believe I wrote the date too. Cause I, yeah. I don't normally do that. This is one where I, I thought, yeah. Yeah, maybe I knew some how deep down the date would would be interesting to have. <laughs> yeah, um, so you brought the song over to me. We were already working on this album. We had this idea to make this album that was very simple idea. You play the bass and sing, and I play the violin and sing. Yes, and um, for the whole album. And actually, do you remember? This is a little bit of a tangent, but do you remember yeah. what our what our idea was? How we were going to record this album? Oh yes, to yeah. wire is that it? Yes. So yeah. I I had I had this wire recorder, and yeah. a wire recorder is literally um, people will be familiar with tape recorders. You know, the sound gets recorded onto magnetic tape, uh, but uh, before tape or right around the same time as tape technology was being developed. Some sources I've found say that wire technology predates magnetic tape, uh, but it was the late 1800s anyway, when this wire technology got invented. And it's, it's literally these spools of wire that are, are the, are the size of fishing line. Um, like super, super thin. You would looking at it, you, you'd be so amazed that you can record a sound onto that. Um, yeah. But I was, but, uh, so, so anyway, I found this recorder at like, um, uh, a, a, a secondhand shop for super cheap. And, uh, 
it didn't work for ages, but long story short, one day I found someone who was able to fix it for me or a friend found someone and fixed it for me. And um, I was trying to convince David that we have to record our whole album on this wire recorder and, you know, it'll be great. It's just simple. It's just you with your bass and your voice and me with my violin and my voice and we'll write all this music and we'll just record it on the wire and it'll have this kind of like ancient kind of sound. Um, and yeah. and uh, we we, after writing the 10 songs for the record, we did a test recording. There's one song, the song you mentioned earlier, The Ways. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. there's, that song is just vocals, so we don't play the strings on it. So we did a test recording on the wire recorder where we uh, recorded that song. And when we listened back to that, I think we both realized <laughs> it was so lo-fi. And like even with the two voices, there was hardly enough room to hear it all. And it was so yeah. lo-fi. We then made the decision to record elsewhere, but I thought it might just be interesting um, to, if, to to show a quick snippet of that of that wire oh, recording because we've never done anything anything with it. So um, yeah, yeah, I uh, you'll people will hear why we didn't pursue this exactly, method. exactly. <laughs> but, but it's cool. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting nonetheless. So yeah, and for those watching, I have a few images here of a wire recorder so you can see what it looks like. There are cars on the street next to people on their feet, both breathing the same air, both breathing the same air. Regardless of income, possessions, and name, and your fame, and whoever you claim to be. So that's just a little snippet yeah. of the. Uh, that sounds the, cool. The wire. It's cool sounding, but it gets. I feel like it would get old quickly yeah. enough. Anyway, it would I think, be rough think for a whole album to be. That. You and I were so used to hearing the songs play because we rehearsed this a lot before we heard recorded, and when you play in yeah. a room together, you have this rich spectrum of low frequencies, high frequencies. To so to hear it all reduced to this like tiny thin little sound it's kind of disappointing in the end <laughs> i know because like or it feels we, like it doesn't do it justice we were hoping it was a little bit more high quality than it yeah than it turned out to be and i mean it's probably a cool effect to use in contrast like you ended up yeah. using it on two balloons at one point i right? did i did use it on some other stuff so but you it had to go into a higher quality sound eventually yes um but yeah it was a cool idea but we on top of that idea, there was another kind of incident we had where we, yeah, you you can tell yeah, this. Yeah, well, so that so basically, we recorded this album twice because first we went into a studio called Type Foundry in Portland, Oregon, run um, yeah, now now closed studio. It was open for I don't know twenty twenty plus years in Portland. It was quite a yeah. quite a staple of the music scene, the especially the folkier side of things. Um mm -hmm. and um actually that you now have the piano from Type Foundry in your in your house. I do. Yeah. I, heard I was one That's of the great. last people to record there and Adam who was running it at the time was very generous and decided, hey, well, yeah. I want this piano to go to a nice home and would you like to take it? It's yours. Right. I'm, I'm, blew my mind yeah it's amazing so you and i 
we thought, okay, we're not going to record on wire. We'll do the next, we'll do, we'll, we'll still keep it raw and basic. We'll go into Type Foundry. We'll record onto tape with one microphone, one microphone only. Yes. We'll stand <laughs> around this one microphone and record onto tape. It'll still be a very kind of, for lack of a better word, primitive kind of process, yes. very raw. Um, and um, so we recorded the whole album in a day. And then I think when we were recording, we didn't really listen back. We just sort of trusted Adam to do the sound and we just kind of played the songs until we had a take that felt good. The whole thing was a bit of a blur. It was also super hot. It was hot. (laughs) And and I had the ridiculous idea of us dressing up in these sort of like (laughs) warm, um, drapey kind of clothes. Yeah. It, It was all a bit of a mess, really. It was um, for stylistic reasons. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't understand <laughs> now. But um, but yeah. so we recorded the whole thing in a day. Uh, basically, the next day, we got out to my little studio on the Oregon coast, and we listened back, and we both kind of realized we didn't have what we wanted. So then we recorded it all again in my studio with two microphones. Yeah. <laughs> one for thought- you, one for me. Gave us a bit more options in the mixing. You know, sometimes like we bring, you know, one person up and the other person down. Exactly. And, um, but again, we have something that we put a lot of effort into, which we never use. Uh, so I thought maybe this is a good instance to share a little snippet of that recording from Type Foundry, which we also set up a video camera for. So if you're watching yeah. the video, you'll see. Um, this this our, our weird costumes and a and a little snippet of the first recording of Hey Stranger. Are you ready for this, David? Yes. Okay. Hey, take one. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna be kind of back here the whole time for this one. Okay. Maybe near, it may be near. 
I like the delay you did there. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, so you found the audio, like the official audio. Yes, I did. Yeah. I like, didn't I'm, have that. I mixed in oh. the actual, because you, you, you sent me the, the video footage, which you still had. Yeah, and yeah. I found the, the audio from that session and I put them together. But there was, um, there was actually a little, um, uh, the video kind of glitched out at that point, And that's why I decided to stop it there. But I thought it's, it's also oh. nice because we'll play the full song at the, at the very end of this, of the, of the version that made it onto the album. Yeah. Um, cool. So what do you, is there anything else that you want to say about, um, you know, the, 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 the translation of the song working on the song and what led to the recording um, and then what do you remember about then trying to bring the song to the stage to perform to people? I know you already spoke about performing it yourself and some of those stories, um, yeah. but uh, we also did a bunch of touring together, but you know, what, whatever, whatever you want to say about the process of um, getting the song from after it's Genesis uh, recorded and onto the stage. Yeah, I, was thinking, I didn't think too far ahead at first. Initially, I thought this is a song I was considering. At the time when we were making the album, um, this was before you had the idea to send this to Robert at Erase Tapes because um, we were just making an album and I don't know what we thought or what we were expecting to do yeah. with it. But I had this completely other song that was kind of silly and lighthearted called The Average Frog, which- Oh yeah. Remember we were kind of learning that with our yeah yeah that's stuff? right yeah. and I was thinking like you know I, I, that song might be just more fun that might be just more fun to hear <laughs> and I, it was between that and hey stranger at the time oh. for me I was I was thinking hey maybe you know you had the idea like maybe we could send this to race tapes and that felt that just felt more like up that alley I think and it yeah and since I was the way you responded to the song helped reassure me that this is one that I, yeah, I want to pursue this. And if we can perform it, that'd be amazing. I, um, yeah, I just felt like this is a story I wanted to share. The more we played it, the more I maybe heard it back when we were working on it, the more I felt like more passionate to share the story because I didn't really, I haven't really said anything about this publicly. This is my first time talking about it on record too. So right. it's, this is, 10 years after he disappeared this is five years after we we recorded the album right so right like yeah things kind of take a while with this for me but i feel passionate and my enthusiasm for spreading the story of this and connecting with people through it and hearing their stories because people have told me on so many occasions their story that feels re relatable to yeah. this song so that's the yeah. thing it's it i really see how this you know has manifested like a connection for a lot of people to see in their lives where they have someone that maybe it's as simple as they're just wondering how they're doing and that's it it's like right. there's someone in their life that was someone that was once in their life but they're no longer in their life and it's like huh i wonder what that person's doing i wonder how they're doing that's just a simple yeah. thought that i wanted to continue to bring to live concerts when we were performing and also just 
to talk about it with people when it felt like, you know, that's kind of um, something people have interest or feel that they relate to. So I, yeah. I felt like it really was a nice way to connect with other people. Yes. <clears throat> I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want to in any way trivialize or minimize the, the impact of the message of the song, but I want to <laughs> ask you more specifically about the, because somehow this song that we just, you know, we just heard a snippet of you and I playing it on an upright bass and a, and a violin, somehow it ended up that you're playing it on a piano by yourself That's in front right. of people. And so what was the, what was the morphing of this? And, and also you did eventually publish a, a score of a, of a solo piano version without any words at all, where you're playing the vocal melody on, on the piano. So here you have a song that is, it's, it's all about the, the, you know, you keep returning to what the song is about and the message, but it also yeah. exists as a solo piano piece that has no words. So what, what was the process of, of musically the song morphing um, from what we just heard into a solo piano piece? The That's a really there. good question. Yeah, I initially it wasn't my idea to do the solo piano version because um at the time i was very you know it's the for me the 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 main thing about it is yeah musically i feel proud of what it became musically but i also felt like a strong connection to the message of it but musically i think robert or someone at erase tapes asked me to make a solo piano version of it for a sheet music book that they were putting together yeah at the time so like I asked the people they were sponsored or they were like working with a company um, on, on the book. And I mm -hmm. asked if uh, this is one where I can write out the words to, or like write out the melody with the words. And they were like, no, you should just, this is a solo piano book. We want it to be consistent. Okay. And it became a little bit of a, I felt a little I, like. <laughs> so you were forced to make it a solo piano piece. I was forced to. <laughs> yeah. Against my will, they threatened but, me. But, no. but I, th I think, I, I just want to say that that's interesting because like you said, the your friend's mom, when she heard the piece, even yes. by the chord of it, she said, oh, is this the song about Jay? So right. there is this sort of, well, maybe it is possible to encapsulate that feeling musically without words as well. Right. Um, but, but before... Before you made it a solo piano piece, when you and I first went to perform this music, most of the songs we did perform on a sort of electric upright bass and violin. But with Hey Stranger, oh, yeah. I think from the very beginning, we were playing it with you on the piano and me on the violin. And I don't know exactly why. I think just sonically, it felt better on the stage that way, didn't it? Actually, it did. But another thing was there was a technical issue because we were touring in Europe. So I couldn't bring my upright bass, like yeah. the, the, the acoustic one. So we ended up getting the, this electric one that has no body to it. It's just like the neck a stick with strings. strings. Yeah. And you plug it in and it amplifies and there's, yeah. It, uh, the, the problem with that bass was the highest string, um, like the highest note that I needed to play wouldn't amplify as loud as the other strings for some reason. So okay, technically, yeah. it wouldn't technically work. But it just didn't work on that instrument. 
Yeah, so yeah. I was part of it was these songs with the two double stops where we were making a string quartet between the two of us. I was really excited to perform that, but we couldn't because uh, the bass yeah. wouldn't amp that string wouldn't really it was like almost dead for some reason. But when I yeah. bowed it, but when I plucked it, it worked. Um, I don't know why that was, but yeah, so like we ended up doing it to in a different like I ended up playing it on piano just because we wanted to perform the song. Yeah. So I was able to fill the chords in more easily with piano and you were still doubling the you doing your part with the violin. Yeah. And singing your like backing vocal line. And um, yeah, it felt it feels like it translates to piano nicely, even though the strings are kind of where my heart is with it more. Sure. Um, but musically, and this is something I think about, I've thought about for a long time and whenever I would perform it with just piano, cause I ended up touring by myself eventually and I still wanted to play the song. So I yeah. did it with just piano and voice by myself and I kept thinking, I want to release a version of this with just piano and voice, but it's still up in the air. It's something I, yeah. I think about, I might do it at some point, but uh, in the meantime, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. there's a solo piano version upload with the show right. music book and then right. our version from the all red and Broderick album. Yeah. I'm guessing that Robert, must have heard you play the song on piano before that's probably where he got the idea yeah. to ask you to do a solo piano version that's that's my guess anyway but yeah. um totally. when i was when i was going looking because i wanted to sort of just pull up any different versions of the song to show here um so i was looking for your solo piano version and i came across this version of another guy performing the song that he learned from your piano score. And oh, I know you've seen it because I saw you comment on it underneath oh, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you don't remember, but... Um, I but do remember now. Because I, I, originally I was thinking we should play your solo piano version here. But then I found this other version. I thought maybe it's interesting to play that because it's like it's, it's through yet another filter. Because th that's oh, also, yeah. you know... I, part of the thing I want to explore in this series is what is a song? What, wh where, where does the song exist and how far away can, how many different versions and, and iterations can it go through and still be the song, you know? Right. And so you wrote yeah. a song, we played it like this. We, then you played it on piano. Then you did a solo piano version. You wrote out sheet music. Then this guy learned the song. He made it his own version. It's still Hey Stranger by David Allred, isn't it? But, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's a completely different thing. So, so um, shall we shall we listen to the version by this guy? Yes, please. I don't know his name. I'm sorry I'm saying this this guy. Um, this is Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get his name. Um, I remember he did a very beautiful. He added like delays and stuff. I this is coming back to me. Yeah. Hey, Hey Stranger. No, it's just a different song called Hey Stranger. Wait, um, oh. wait, what's this? Oh, no, that's Hey Stranger oh, by goodness. Black Dylan Official. Um, here, here, here's, here. Hey Stranger. Oh, wait, that's Hey Stranger by Mandolin Orange. Sorry. Just a second, David. You're killing I'll, me. I, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> okay, so these? here's a YouTube uh, profile called uh, Covers Art. And, um, That's right, covers art. Yeah, I thought this was quite an interesting interpretation of of your sheet music. Yeah. Um, 
Here we go. Thank you. 
Well, there's that. Oh, so good. I That's, love that. I mean, that guy definitely got into that song. He got into yeah. the song, I think. I love that he like made his own thing with it, too. He didn't just do what the sheet music said. Right, right. added more, and he, he embellished the melody and stuff. Even if he did use farty synthesizers towards the end. <laughs> Those are so good. <laughs> no, it's great. It's, it's, yeah. it's super cool. Yeah, he, it's super he really, cool. I, I was looking through his channel too. He, I remember he did a Max Richter cover and he's really great. Covers art music. That guy, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love what he's doing. No, I had a really weird thought. What if that was Jay? Who was oh playing? my God. Because <laughs> you can't see. <laughs> that would be you can't see his face. That yeah. would just be... It's like at the very end, he like peeks into the camera. It'd be so insane. What if that you would... hadn't actually got to the end? Neither of us had. I know. It's no, like, so wait, did, I get, did I get to the end? I did. Okay. He's like, he just let you see his face. Like, oh okay. man. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't take that. No. Yeah. Not ready for that. So, so there we have it. That's Hey Stranger. Um, um, yeah, before, I, I, I I'd like to end this by just playing the album version of the song um do you is there anything else you want to say about the song before that and 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 also do you want to is if you're if you want to please tell um the the listeners here how they can sort of uh, find out what you're doing if they want to learn more <clears throat> uh yeah i just i'm super happy that we got to do this and that you asked me to do it. I'm just, I'm above all, like very, I'm happy that you're interested in this story and that like other people are interested. Um, and really honestly, um, this is a, there's a lot of heavy subject matter in this song. I kind of want to paint one little funny picture that I wanted to bring in one lighthearted thing about all this, which is like Please. a really completely random fun fact that happened when um, Jay and I were in jazz band in eighth grade. We both played trumpet and there was four of us like in the jazz band. There's, there's like various people um, with different instruments. And uh, we were in a group where there was, um, me, uh, Jay, and two other guys in the back, stand, we would stand in the back, and we once coincidentally wore the color scheme, like our t-shirts were the color scheme of this extremely goofy kids show in the States called The Wiggles. And it was like, I think it was like, I, I had a red shirt on, he had a yellow shirt, and there was a guy with a blue shirt and a purple shirt. And it was just like these four guys that would just 
act very, very goofy and silly. And, and we were wearing the same color scheme on a Wednesday. So uh, we decided um, every Wednesday was Wiggles Wednesday and jazz band. So the ja- we would coordinate this like, and, and he would do it with us. Like we were just like, okay, yeah. Like we would always wear our shirts on Wednesday because someone like pointed it out one day and just thought that was really funny. So that's just a little <laughs> random fun fact. Um, that's like a uh, lighthearted thing. So I, I don't want this to all be just right. heavy. It's like my friend that I miss and this tragic, sad stuff happened. Right. Uh, just want to throw in that completely random fun fact. It was like a funny thing that <laughs> Thank so that's you. one of those memories that sticks with me. I, I think yeah. about sometimes. Um, yeah. And yeah, he was also a trumpet player. He uh-huh. was playing with me. He didn't stick with it for as long as I did, but um, or maybe he has a raging trumpet career. Who knows? For all we know. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> could have picked it up again. But anyway, nonetheless, yeah, where you where you can find me is I have music on all, I believe, all the streaming services. I'm pretty I've been pretty actively releasing music lately. Um, I don't I think I should maybe release at the rate I have been lately. I've been kind of doing like five albums a year or something. Now slow your roll, me. David. <laughs> I know. I need to just enjoy life more and not overdo it. So I'm going to be, I have, um, I'm trying to think of what I want to say. I have, I pretty regularly have music coming out. I, I have an, um, I'm very close to finishing something that will come out in 2021 eventually. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I'm kind of seldom on social media. I don't really have a lot on there or much of a presence, but you can but you are on there. Is it is it at David Allred? I think it's at David dot Allred on dot, Instagram. Dot all David dot Allred. Yeah, okay. I think someone else stole David Allred before me. So don't follow that guy. Screw that guy. Am Screw I right? that guy. Yeah, I don't even know who that guy is. Who, who does he think he is? Um, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> He's probably a nice guy. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well. Um, would you like to listen to the album version of Hey Stranger with me? Yes. Let's, before we let's, wrap this up. Yeah, Thanks very sure. much for your time, David Allred. Thank you, Peter Broderick. All right. Um, let me go into screen share again one second here. I will get faster at this. This is my first time doing it this, so I'm a bit clunky, but... Um, You're killing it. Yeah. Thank, thank, thanks very much for your patience, David, and everyone who's <laughs> tuning in. Um, here we go. Um, thanks to our label who released this, Erase Tapes Records. Thanks, guys. And Peter Liversidge, who, who did did uh, wrote out yeah. not only the cover, but he wrote out, he paint, hand-painted every single lyric in the, and credit in the he entire did. album. It's a lot of work. So here we go.
that you were crossing my mind again Even after her way back when You disappeared You disappeared The thought of running into Still no 